from somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Hell yes, Mr. Rob Roop. There you go. How about that? What's going on? Uh, I'm also in studio with my lovely wife and co-host, Jenny. How are you this evening? I'm great. How are you? Not too bad, but yeah, that that that's uh, one nice intro, isn't it? I think so. <laughs> it lets people know what the hell they're listening to, for sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's an ongoing effort for me to make the podcast sound a little better each and every time. And of course, I have to do this in increments because, you know, family life, job pacifiers you know baby holding pacifier while watching us talk in a room by ourselves but uh uh rob for those who don't know uh he is the afternoon dude at uh, z92.5 wzwz kokomo free plug free plug uh he does afternoons there he and i were co-workers for the better part of a decade i think only by a few months it's like nine years nine and a half years we'll just say nine and a half years great guy co uh co-best man at my wedding and of course our i thought he was your best man yeah uh, well, him and Rob, Rob, right, the two Robs, Rob Roop and Rob Haywood, and uh, coming up next week will be our six-year anniversary. But uh, I asked Rob to do the uh, the intro, and I was a little nervous because I I didn't know if it would get him in trouble or not. And it, it, I know you're making that weird face, like how would it get him in trouble? But in this day and age, the stuff we talk it wouldn't. about, and I know that uh, he's a uh, He's respecting his church, so I just said, hey, man, if I text you some straight-up lines where you don't say anything stupid or goofy that will get you in trouble with anybody, can you do it? And he goes, just just send them over. He sent them back to me, like, uh, that night, and uh, three nights later, I finally got it together because, again, it's been kind of a busy week. But, uh, Rob, if you're listening, thank you very much, dude. Appreciate it. He wants to give you his pacifier and, again. Well, yeah, Logan, our son, wants to give us the pacifier, not Rob. He's uh, He doesn't need a pacifier when he's doing his show. On air. It, it is like he is the real-life Wolverine, though, because he's clawing my skin and it hurts like a son of a gun. Logan or uh, Rob Roop? Don't be stupid. <laughs> She's holding her son. But uh, uh, weekend of firsts with our kids because today, for the first time ever, all three of them did what? Went to the zoo. Fort Wayne Children's Zoo. Free uh, plug. Free plug. <laughs> Got some complimentary tickets uh, from where I worked, so we you know, decided to go there, and it was like uh, their Halloween day or something. And of Halloween course, weekend, every weekend in October. Yes, and we forgot to dress our kids up, but it was it was cool. They still got candy. I didn't know candy. until I went. Yeah, it was, uh, they all got candy. Still, uh, they went as kids whose parents forgot it was Halloween day at the zoo. They Logan, they <laughs> can uh, they can get candy even they don't dress up. Right, stop, right. Stop, stop pulling on my headphones. <laughs> He wants to get in on the action here and well, uh, talk well, about his day. Let's let him. Logan, what was your favorite part of the zoo? Oh, now he's gun shy. You can hear him kind of breathe, and he, I think he's trying to eat the microphone. Um, <laughs> I, I tell you what, like, the way you see the zoo and the way your kids see the zoo are two different things. I'll give you an example. Today, we got real close to the lions, right? Like, the one, the male lion was laying with his back right next to the window. And I'm sitting there thinking how cool it is that this thing where face-to-face it would just devour and eat me, kill me. I get that close to a line, only a a little bit of plexiglass separating us, right? I'm just thinking, this is pretty cool. It's a man-eater. It is a man-eater. Our eldest daughter longer goes, (laughs) I can see his butt. She is your daughter. (laughs) Oh, man. And another thing I kind of noticed while we were out at the zoo, 
Uh, there's an enclosure there uh, where they have some wildebeests, uh, an ostrich, and some zebras all in the same enclosure. And somehow, because it is an open enclosure, geese got in. So the geese are all over the place. All the animals in that enclosure that weren't geese were away from the geese, which just goes to show you how universally reviled these creatures are. And yet, the Canada goose is an endangered species, or is on that list, isn't it? I didn't see anything on there. Well, you, you can't harm them. There's like a big... I have to look this up, but I don't see how they could be an endangered species because when we would live in apartments with a t retention ponds, they'd be all over the place. It would look like a Hitchcock film. Yeah, they hiss at you. And they, we still have... Well, we have a retention pond yeah. where we live, and they crap all over the sidewalks. I'm like, that's nice. But rarely do they come down to our house. They're usually... Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're usually down there. But I do remember a time, I think a year or two ago, where I looked out the window, and th for some odd reason, they were out in our front yard. and was like, what the heck? Uh-huh. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. And then last weekend, we took Lana to her first ever theatrical experience to see a movie, like in a movie theater, and mm -hmm. she enjoyed it. She loved it. It was Shang-Chi, and uh, of course... Uh, we, the Legend of the Ten Rings. Legend Free of plug. the Ten Rings. <laughs> wow, that's what we, yeah, we're just giving away here. We're giving away the store. No, we, we were kind of kind of apprehensive, because it's like, well, it's a PG-13 movie, but it's a Marvel movie, so if there's any rough language, we'll just tell her, you know, don't say anything. You say worse stuff around Uh me. Yeah, probably. And we were just like, okay, we'll just we'll just take her, and she enjoyed it. But sitting there, the theater gets dark. They start showing trailers. The first trailer out the gate. Hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville. Welcome to Jackass. Jackass for friggin' ever. I don't think that's a PG thirteen movie. They're usually rated R. Yeah, uh, and of course it's a toned. And I'm doing toned down the air quotes. Toned down trailer, and there's still, you know, shirtless fat guys. Which she loved. Yo, know, she's way. laughing at that. Crotch trauma, people getting shot out of things. And then, if that wasn't enough, there was a dude strapped to a chair, covered in honey and salmon, and they release a bear in the room. Yeah. And, and they just kind of left it at that. And I'm just thinking, my God. We, That's a good one, though. Yeah, but we kind of looked at ourselves. As it's happening, going, oh, because it's like we were just stressing out about the movie. Well, I knew that there were going to be questionable trailers. I didn't know they would start out with this. Yeah, that one, again, right out the gate. <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully Lana doesn't hit me with anything in the crotch here in the coming weeks. So we'll, we'll see on uh, that. That's my job. Remember uh, the box set and the cough drop? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, my wife uh, one time threw seasons two and three of Breaking Bad that I purchased to me while I'm laying on the recliner. And she, I, oh, it was after a long day. I'm laying in the recliner. My eyes are shut. I hear incoming. And then all of a sudden, right down there, you talk about you know almost having your lungs leave your body. That's how bad that hurt. But uh, oh, Angel went with us down to yeah. uh, Castleton because we went to Tivana. Yeah, we, we we were going there. It was kind of like an all day shopping thing. And, and he said, "Damn, Jenny, I felt that." Yeah, it was like ah. it was a little rough. Now uh, speaking of rough, we we kind of touched the bomb. Oh, you didn't say the cough drop. Oh, the cough drop. Well, that was a, a one in a million shot. That was like a couple years later, and you threw a <laughs> cough drop at me, and it somehow hit me in the crotch. And, Doink! <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, speaking of uh, you know things that are a little rough, uh, we were talking about Blurred Lines Gate uh, last weekend, and uh, sorry, I'm stretching here. 
Um, you are not stretching. Robin Robin Thicke, who saw, sang the song, apparently being accused of uh, uh, sexual harassment by model uh, Emily Radikowski, who said on on the set he grabbed her breasts without her permission, and even even on a set that's called blurred lines, that's yeah, that's crossing a line. But I always knew that he, it was kind of scummy because well he's singing a song about blurred but lines. But who wrote it? I don't know who did write it. I don't know. Okay, somebody wrote it, and it, it's scummy. It can't That's be all. Prince, because well, he's dead. No, I don't think Prince would ever give his no. song. To, yeah, if, if he's if Prince is going to sing a song about blurred lines, he's going to perform it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it reminded me after the podcast of uh, you know a few weeks ago when I took the harassment video training where I work, and I think every place of business has to show this because. You don't want to cross that line, right? And when you watch these videos, there's always that over-the-top character. Like, you can't believe this person would exist in real life. Or they're just throwing out smarmy, terrible one-liners that make themselves laugh. And by the way, if the joke you're telling is to make yourself laugh at nobody else around you, don't tell that joke. Is that like half the people you used to work with? Well, we're getting to that. But uh, the the character in question, uh, he's hanging around the uh, the proverbial water cooler, going, "Hey man, how's it hanging? Oh, you're looking hot, girl." Blah blah blah. And a, d- a dude in a wheelchair comes by. He goes, "Hey, slow down, Speedy Gonzales." He's saying all these terrible wow. things. Yeah, yeah, just terrible. He's not woke. No, well, I'm not woke either. But I I'm not somebody that crosses certain boundaries. Yeah. Okay. Mm-mm. But uh, it gets to the point where he's sexually harassing this woman, and she goes to her boss. And they go, well, we'll talk to him about this, and we'll settle everything. And she goes, yeah, thank you. It's just I was so afraid. And she goes, well, why is that? Her boss is saying this to her. And she goes, this is the killer here. Well, it's just that I know he's your top sales guy. And as soon as she said that in the video, my eyes just went, of course that's why. It's a terror. All these things are saying are terrible. Because my experience, not with all, but a good chunk of salespeople is they like to tell these little things that are like, only they get. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like um, something something on a lesser scale would be, oh, how's life going? Oh, living the dream, <laughs> which I absolutely hate. Okay, so okay. one of the partners I work with. Oh, no. Does say that, but they don't, you know, they don't mean anything funny by it. They're just like, oh, I'm living the dream, having a good time. So nonchalant, but it's nonchalant. not. But it's not like a little dream, and not nothing like that. But I've heard jokes like that from yeah, some accounts. I guess it. It just all depends on who it comes from. Yeah. Because if they're genuine, it's cool. Right. If they're not, it's just like yeah. But again, if you're gonna tell a joke, it has to be to make the person around you laugh, not to make yourself feel elevated. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. at least that's what I'm going for, if I'm telling a joke. And a lot of times around here, it kind of falls on deaf ears. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's what the the whole blurred lines gate kind of reminded me of here. So now to go from one hot fire <laughs> to another, uh, as what you usually do, as I usually do. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this little special on Netflix. It's called The Closer, and it's by a. You uh, haven't shut up about it for the past. Uh, it's, I don't know. Week. It's by an up and coming uh, comedian by the Not name of Dave Chappelle. Yeah, he's he's been around a bit. I mean, God, he's been around forever. And um, 
It's uh, it's just really blown up. Like people are losing their ever-loving minds on it because they're talking about how he's misogynist, he's a homophobe, and how he's a transphobe. And it's gotten to the point where there was a um, uh, a, a transgender employee at Netflix who stormed an executive meeting with a bunch of people behind her, you know, yelling at people, and she ended up getting fired. And, and the media is kind of misleading, going transgender fired at Netflix, but they leave out in the headline. Oh, she stormed a meeting. Then there's another employee who released some financial uh, uh, information about a previous special that Dave Chappelle did. I mean, and you got all these people, you know, saying, I want to boycott, I want to walk out. It's just everybody's losing their minds. And to me, when I saw it, I mean, he's not really saying anything different than he said before, whether you agree with him or not. But, like, leading up to me watching it last weekend, I was wondering... Why the hell were so many people losing their damn minds about this, right? Because if, if you're offended by something, if you don't like something, what do you usually do? Just walk away. Just walk away. You turn off the TV, you turn off uh, uh, whatever you're listening to, uh, you, know, you put down the book, whatever, you go on with your life. Because, you know, you're just like, well, it's, I, no, I don't I, agree with that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Nobody got time for that. But it just seems like, you know, a lot of people lost their minds over some stuff that Dave Chappelle says, and I get it. Some people don't agree. That's their right to not agree. But I don't think it's necessarily the jokes he was telling that got some people upset. This is my theory. I think what's got people generally worked up is how he wrapped up the closer. And he wrapped it up with his story about Daphne. Mm Mm-hmm. And I heard him once before refer to Daphne uh, at the end of another special he did for Netflix, like if, a few years back, and how he met this person. And, and who Daphne is, uh, Daphne's a transgender woman who, you know, out in San Francisco. Not really a shocking thing out there, right? Well, Dave went out to do a show in San Francisco years back, and she went there, and they... they uh, you know, he's telling the jokes and she's laughing and then they kind of hang out at the bar, talk and joke around a little bit. And Daphne tells Dave Chappelle that she is, you know, an aspiring comedian. He's like, oh, cool, cool. And they keep in touch. And then, you know, another time he comes to San Francisco or he's coming to San Francisco and he needs an opening act. And, you know, the first person that pops in mind, well, you know, Daphne, she's transgender. She's a comedian. Why not have her open up the show, Right. Well, he did, and of course he finds out that Daphne, prior to her opening up the show, only had eight appearances upon stage, so it's still very amateur, right? Yeah. But she, she kind of talked her way into it, so she opens up for him, and he said that it was pretty rough those 45 minutes because she's very raw and inexperienced. So she gets off stage, and Dave goes up, and she comes back out. And she's sitting in the front row, and she's laughing at some of the Dave jokes. And then they start talking during the, the routine, right? And so they start. She starts asking her questions about who she is, and you know why. Okay, you're transgender, whatever. And they're going. They're having this back and forth, and you know the audience is digging it because it's something different, right? And they're hanging out backstage with other comedians afterward, and she's charming a lot of people backstage. She, you know, she, you know, her stand up. Daphne's stand-up, very rough. But Dave, during his stand-up, recounting this, talking about how Daphne is a very genuine, funny person. You know, and, and Dave, 
I watched a little bit of her first uh, stand-up video. Yeah? Like, her first appearance. She said, it's my first time. Be gentle. And I, I laughed. <laughs> and she was talking about how you can't say ladies and gentlemen anymore. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And she said, ladies, etc." She's like, I have to say it like that. I can't say ladies and all. Right. Ladies, etc. Uh, that's not a bad joke. No, that's it's not. not. I, I laughed at that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, e- e- <laughs> Enjoyable. Even if, even if she's rough on stage, apparently she's got more wit than a, a carrot top is basically what you, you're getting at here. Hmm. But they became friends. Right, and, and and Dave is somebody that believes, as the special says, that you know, you know, gender is a fact. He believes, you know, a natural born woman is a woman, and I know that would upset a lot of people. But they became friends. She reached out to him, and they were cordial with each other. Yeah. And um, apparently, I, I don't know if this was with sticks or sticks and stones or another special. But a lot of people were taking issue with some of the, you know, the, the gay transgender uh, jokes that Dave would tell during his stand-up. She goes to Twitter to defend him, saying, hey, this is not him punching down or up. This is him punching out lines, punch lines, telling jokes. He's funny. And Twitter, Twitter turned on Daphne. Like, a lot of the transgender community and uh, their sympathizers turned on Daphne, who herself transgendered, right? Mm-hmm. And she's punching back best she can on Twitter. And that's always a mistake because it's just a toxic place. I deleted my Twitter. Well, I mean, I still have a Twitter account, yeah. but I don't have the app. So, <laughs> I'm like, I don't really use it. It's it, 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 As far as social media goes, and I, and I alluded to this last week, Twitter far more toxic than Facebook. I know a lot of people are like, why doesn't Mark Zuckerberg do more about hate speech? But the thing is, the thing is, with, with Facebook, a lot of times you know the person that's saying stupid stuff. Twitter, you can put on a fake name and a fake uh, picture and go after anybody. And I think that's what happened with Daphne. And so for days, she's trying to fight back. And then Dave talks about how six days later, Daphne took her own life. Do you think he feels some some kind of guilt for that? I wonder. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but but the the thing I'm getting, I don't think she took hit her life because of Dave. I think no, but you know that. But the but the bullying. Yeah. And and that's the big thing here is. I think people don't want anybody to know about the Daphne story because this transgendered woman was bullied by people that are supposed to be sympathetic to who she is. And I was thinking about this because on 99.9999% of all things, these people who are attacking Daphne and Daphne would agree on stuff, most stuff, right? Yeah. But because she deviated from the narrative, because she liked comedy, she's not politically correct, she appreciates Dave's humor. They were brutal to her. And I don't know if that directly led to her suicide because, you know, there could be other things going on in her life. But I'm sure it didn't help. No. And again, that goes back to what I was saying, the individual versus the group. It's hard to be an individual when you're in a group because there's an expected behavior. And Dave, to kind of get back at the guilt thing, he did find Daphne's child, some a kid that Daphne, it's kind of hard to say, fathered when Daphne was a dude. 
and set up a trust fund for this kid. And I'm just thinking, you know, he's saying stuff on stage that a lot of people don't agree with, but he set up a trust fund for a transgendered woman's child. That doesn't sound exactly hateful to me. In fact, I would even venture to say Dave did more for one transgendered person than these idiots on Twitter did. You know, and that's and that's what gets me. We we get so bent out of shape about opinions we don't agree with. We've gotten to the point where it's okay to bully the other side because I'm right, damn it. And I'm not saying anybody out there has to agree with what Dave said, but this story, man, I mean, I've been thinking about it for a week. A week. Dave made me sympathetic to this transgendered woman's plight. Even though he himself was cracking jokes. And he had some good points about other things during that special. But it's it's just kind of it's kind of nerve-wracking to think that people can get chased down like that on social media by total friggin' strangers. Yeah. I think the best way to mitigate that is to call their bluff and say, say it to my face. Yeah. And I think a lot Say of people it to wouldn't. My face. And that's the thing about Twitter. You can be faceless. You can be nameless. But if you were to look at somebody and work with somebody and talk with somebody on a day-to-day basis, the chances of you being as rude as some of these people on Twitter exactly. dwindles. Yeah. Dwindles. And I think that's what Dave was getting at. He's showing that there is, you know, a lot of times... It's a bravado that a lot of people have. Right. It's not just one side politically. And I think that's why a lot of people are pushing back on the closer. Because Dave and Dave's Dave's not a conservative. He's pretty liberal on some stuff. But he but what he showed was bullying is not something just one side does. No, everyone's everyone's capable of bullying. Everyone's, you know, been bullied. That's how I feel and that's what right. I look at. I remember being cornered in the library and all these kids coming up to me, like the popular kids who are rich and stuff. Right. And they're like, well, you're a Satanist and everything. And, you know, my friends stuck up for me. They're like, well, you need to back off. And like, first of all, I'm not a Satanist. <laughs> but um, they're like, you need to back off. Yeah, I go to a Christian school, uh, mm-hmm. believe in God, but I like corn. I do like corn. Right. And one of, their, one of the guys in the band is a born-again Christian right now. Yeah. So, there's that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and um, gosh, what else? I'm oh at- yeah. Well, um, I remember one other kid said I said that I smelled like pigs, and my best friend Rachel said, "Well, at least she has pigs." <laughs> <laughs> at least she's got. I, I lived by a farm. I lived pretty much on a farm part two. <laughs> right, but but you had pretty easy access to bacon, is what you're saying? No. Okay, well... Just the pigs. Just the pigs, just the pigs. But uh, if it, I'm not going to force anybody to do this, but, I mean, if, if you get a chance before somebody, you know, you know, kowtows and gets rid of The Closer on Netflix, go watch The Closer on Netflix. Dave Chappelle is funny, but, I mean, the thing is, is I'm not expecting you to agree with him. You might, you may not, that's fine. It's America, damn it. Either way, I'm not going to cancel you. So there it is. Oh. Uh, my thoughts on that. Um, let's let's do something a little more lighthearted. Trick or treating. Oh, what a great segue. Yeah, because uh, you know I didn't have time to plan out the segue. So going from broken glass to sandpaper to something you know, cotton candy. Cotton candy. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, hey, we have cotton candy. But uh, we're, we're two weeks away from Halloween, and, you know, Lana and Hazel love that. And I was just, you know, back at the old place, I would do Halloween-themed open bars uh, every Friday in the month of October. And one was always trick-or-treating because it was always interesting to see how people did up trick-or-treating, right? And I remember as a kid getting a... I, I don't know when this happened, but the whole curfew thing or the whole trick-or-treating yeah. hours thing, I don't... I know you lived in the country. I lived down in India. I don't ever remember that being on the news. Like, oh, trick or treat hours this year from five thirty to seven thirty. It was just like, okay, you get home, you get your costume. Well, you, get you were your a kid. You didn't pay attention to the time. Well, no, neither did my parents. That's the thing. It's like I, I don't remember when the curfew thing became a thing. It was just like we went out at five thirty, and sometimes we would get home nine nine thirty. We went out for hours getting candy, just getting candy when we could. Of course. The, that was back when the, the neighborhood was a little happier. And I guess my mom and dad, you know, before they moved away, I think they may have gotten half a dozen trick-or-treaters in one of the last years they were living there. Aww. So it, where they're at, they're just like, I guess Halloween, where they were at, Halloween was not a big deal. But last year, they because of COVID, I mean, they kept the door <laughs> shut, but they saw quite a few people going through their new neighborhood. Uh-huh. But... Did they have a bowl of candy out? I don't know if they did or not. I'll have to ask yeah, again. Some people do that. Like, they have the door shut. It's like, yeah, you know, take what you want, but leave some for the others. But know? last year, it was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Because that was the first time I went trick-or-treating in a long time, but I was I was the parent this time. I was taking the kids around. I was taking the kids around for their first ever trick-or-treating, and I think that's where Lana and Hazel really developed their love of Halloween because they're like, you mean all I have to do is dress up and get candy? And because it was 2020, and that was such a great year, uh, easily one of the best moments Logan of the year. Logan was there, too, but he yeah. doesn't remember. Yeah, well, yeah, you weren't out and about just yet. Uh, but it was, it was you know, during a time where, you know, everything was closed or canceled, you know? And I just remember the girls walking around, and all and the neighborhood was packed with kids. Yeah. Even with COVID going around. Yeah. Some parents wore masks, you know, the face masks, others didn't. Yeah. There were bonfires out in driveways. There were people handing out candy. I got offered jello shots, but I had to do something later on that night. It felt what like... What did a, you have to do? Uh, something for the old place. Oh, okay. Yeah. And and I just remember going out, taking the kids, and like I didn't get anything, but I was just like, man, this is really cool. This felt like a festival well, type of thing. The holidays are really for the kids. Right. No, I, I get that totally. But it was just... Sorry if Mike fades in and out. Logan's squirming. Yeah, I have to kind of uh, manage him a little bit. You're his manager. Yeah, I'm his manager. But, I mean, it, it felt really cool. Hi, I, baby. I had a blast. It was generally probably... I, I want to say it was the most fun I had in 2020. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure not there's some the, other... Not the most fun. Well, not Mike. the most fun. But, I mean, just, you know, in public fun. Yeah, because nothing was going on and people were just... What, we were in private? In private, we had fun. But out in public, out in public, I mean, this was the first time I had seen a bunch of people out just enjoying life in general, and I loved seeing that. Now, I mean, I know you lived out in the country, like I said, uh, for the most part of your childhood, but did you ever do any trick-or-treating? Uh, yeah, I went trick-or-treating once. My mom just found my old costume and showed me it. Oh, yeah? It says, around here, I'm the big cheese. I only went trick-or-treating once, and it was in Country Club Hills in Kokomo. Right. And it was snowing that night. It was so cold. Wow. Yeah. And I think uh, my Nana and Papa lived across the street, or maybe they had just passed away or something. But I, I think it was like four or five. 
Right. Yeah, I don't have any pictures of me in my costume. But, but you got the costume or part of yes. it. Yes. Are you going to try to wear it this year? No. Okay. No, I. You know what I'm gonna do though? Mm. I am going to wear my robe, some fuzzy slippers, like my hair a mess, yeah, and a mask, like not a not a mask what you think of, like a facial mask, right? Um, and hand out candy with a rolling pin. Ah, okay. You're you're gonna be uh, what? Manic mother. Manic mother. I love it. It's almost like uh, art imitating life. Life imitating life. Uh, life. <laughs> but but the important thing. Oh, is... I'm gonna wear purple sweats too. <laughs> oh man, you got it all planned out. Purple sweats and uh, like a one of your t-shirts. I see. All right. Manic mother. Well, um, I, I do have one story that's pretty cool, and this is uh, from Jared. He uh, he's talking about the time he went out trick or treating. <laughs> With him and his younger brother, his dad took them both out, eight and nine, and the two kids, about 15 feet in front of us, 11 and 12, dropped a gun on the ground. One picked it up, sat down on the curb, and started polishing out the scratch he had just put in it. Dad grabbed us by the shoulders and promptly turned us around to head home. So, trick-or-treating ended early that night. Did he call the cops? I don't know if they did or not, but that, that would freak me out a little bit. I'd be like, uh, first of all, yeah, turn around. And right. second of all, call the cops. I'm like, listen, this is what we saw. What exactly were these... Because they have cops out here just doing what? rounds. Right. What exactly were these kids doing with... A... It doesn't sound like they're going trick-or-treating. No. God, that would scare me, though. I mean, seriously. I mean, I don't know how to use a gun. Well, you Therefore, don't... I am... A little frightened of him, but you know, I would like to learn how to use a gun I eventually. Like, I would like, to but th- not have one. Yeah, I would like to think that you would be better uh, equipped to handle a gun than, say, an eleven-year-old. Uh, yeah. But I, I think, I think Jared, he's an old college roommate of mine. I think he was living in and around Gary, Indiana at the time. So, yep. Little, <laughs> it's a little rough. I'm not sure, like, but. Kokomo Senior. Ah, uh, yeah, Kokomo Senior. But, uh, yeah, that's just some of the trick-or-treat stories there. Uh, next week, by the way, costume fails. Because when you're a kid or you're going to a Halloween party, you always have this idealized uh, vision of what your costume's supposed to be. Yeah. And then it absolutely, positively sucks. So if you've got any, any messages messages if you've got any stories involving bad terrible costumes from your youth or your recent halloween party uh you know drop us a line on facebook and twitter and of course thank you very much for listening on uh, podbean thank you very much for listening on spotify until next week we'll talk to you later You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at Facebook.com backslash M Davidson Live. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live. 